Well, I'm speaking today on partnering with God, part five. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, the Bible says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So who does the approving? You do it. Who is the one who who proves that this is good? This is acceptable. This is God's will for me. The Bible says you do that. And how do you do it? He says that you do it by the number one, renewing of your mind. So the degree of your transformation and the quality of your life is dependent on your ability to renew your mind. We live in a kingdom that operates on spiritual keys. And we are engaged in a warfare. But the scripture tells us that for the weapons of our warfare are not canal. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse number 4 to 5. He said, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations. So we are engaged in a war. But this warfare, we are dealing with number one, imaginations. Number two, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of of Christ. So any culture, any way of thinking that is against what God has stated in his word, it is the ploy of the enemy to use it. Number one, to derail you from your prophetic destiny. Number two, to destabilize you from gaining an upper hand in life. And so every now and then the enemy will bombard us with thoughts what ideas to destabilize us and move us out of God's will for our lives. And so Paul, in writing to the Philippian church, said, and I quote Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. He said, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, in other words, if there's anything you would waste your energies on, he says, and if there be any praise, in other words, if there's anything that is worth praising, He says, or if there's anything, if there would ever be a praise, if there will ever be a lifestyle that produces praise. He says, in case you are wondering what to do to secure strength or to enjoy experiences that brings praise. He says, think on these things. My question. Why Is he choosing these words? Why? Why is he saying whatsoever things are true? Whose truth? Based on what standard? He's saying, 
Finally, my brothers, when it comes to living the Christian life, you focus on the truth of what God says is the truth. Because if you focus on the world standard of truth, it will mess you up. A lady told me, it is not written in the Bible anywhere, that it is only men who must marry more than one. You know, you've never thought about it. But truly, it's not written in the Bible. Then a friend of mine came to see me and said, the Western people are trying to indoctrinate us. Because God did not say we should marry one. Because anybody God have done great things with, they had more than one wife. Abraham, David. Even David, God said, if you wanted more wives, I would have added. Then I said to the person, Jesus, they asked him a question that one man married a woman. And did not have children with a woman and died. And his brother came, did not, and died. And seven, all married the same woman. He says, at the resurrection, whose wife would this one be? And Jesus said, you err because you don't understand. He says, for Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, allowed you to marry and divorce. For he that created them in the beginning, created them male and female. Do you know the meaning of it? He not say male and females. It means one wife. He said, so why did Moses marry? Jesus said, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, allowed you to marry and divorce. It means that Moses saw that you were misbehaving and said, okay, marry as many as you want. So you don't have problem. See, the fact that some things have not clearly or been stated in the scriptures does not because the day you got saved, what was right and what was wrong, you knew. Two of us. So he says, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just. In other words, be selective in the things you think about. Be intentional about the things and focus on the good, not the bad. Because in this life, there will always be reasons to be vindictive. There would always be reasons why you should not forgive somebody. There would always be reasons why you must revenge. There would be reasons. There would be reasons why you must focus on the things that are not working. In life, the enemy is in a war with you. And his war, he will only let you focus on things that will give you high blood pressure. Do you know that when you are sorrowful, you remember everything that somebody has done wrong. And all of a sudden... You, you don't even want to live again because if you have to cry every day, why is it that you may go to a funeral that you don't know anybody and people can be crying and all of a sudden you start crying some? It reminds you of a past pain and you begin to shed tears. Is that the truth? Why is it that until you got to that place, that was not because your focus, your mind was not set on those things? Hear me, child of God. God calls us to live the faith life. And in living the faith life, we are told by scripture to be intentional about the things we think about. He says, whatsoever things are lovely. So, sister, that is why, pastor, I'm always watching things. I have stopped watching all these nonsense movies with witches and wizards and killing people. In it. And, and, and he, Because, you see, it, it reinforces for us our superstitions. That you live and you are, you are afraid of everybody. First, when your children go to school and you have gone to work, when they come, your neighbor can give them food to eat. Now we suspect every neighbor. All of them are witches and wizards. A bear for, hmm, a bear for, a bear for, 
Now when you see an, an old woman, she's a witch. When you see a woman who is not beautiful, small because of poverty, she's a witch. You see a Nigerian, he's a froster. You know, so that even if that person could have been a great, tremendous blessing to you, you don't. And the moment you bring a house up, hey, mom who am level, mom who am level than crime, mom who am in Saudi, one year above the Juku, man in necessary for case, see See, if a man will cheat, put the lady in overall, ah, he will see movement in the dress. And so we are told in Romans chapter twelve, verse one to two. That I beseech you, therefore, brethren. In other words, on account of the things I say you should focus your attention on, I beseech you, I'm begging you, therefore, brethren, by the message of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. In other words, don't allow things to mess your body. Remember, your body must be a living sacrifice. And do you know that your body, your eye is in it. Your ear is in it. Your eye is in is part of your body. Is it not part of your body? So what is it that you are focusing your ear to listen to? Your attention. So why did God create your stomach and put all your intestines and everything inside and covered it that you can't see? Because there are some things it is best you don't see. Hello? Hi. See, I can give you a prophecy now. And by the grace of God, God has anointed me with the grace for prophecy. I can prophesy as I'm standing here now. Start line by line, one by one. Ask you, father's side, mother's side. But after I've told you the prophecy... If you don't do anything about it, the prophecy will not come to pass. Hello? Hello? Because sometimes when somebody tells you calamity will befall you, it doesn't even give you the peace of mind to pursue things in life. You, you only engage in warfare all the days of your life. So God says, think about things that are lovely. Good report. Just. Praise the Lord. So I so, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. He says, if there's a way to serve God, you go to God and you present yourself. God, look at me. There's no bitterness in my heart. There's no resentment in my heart. There is nothing that the devil has in me. I, I, I will love my husband. He, he may not be a perfect man. He may have mental issues. But of all the men, that's the one I chose. I will love him and enjoy the best. It may not be quality time. It may be quantity time. Not quantity or quality. The little time you have, make memories with it. You have a sibling you are not talking to. When you see the person, you lose appetite. You are not presenting your body as a living sacrifice unto God. Is this Christianity? Focus on what you don't have. What about what you have? You know somebody your age. One day I went to cancer unit with somebody. A young lady. Came to see the was Her leg was shaking. She has cancer. Young lady. I, I could feel for her. How did you get cancer? So I looked at her face and said, Sweetheart, you will be fine. You, you have nothing. Because you don't have a job. Or because you don't have a boy. Or because you don't have a child. You think God doesn't love you. Why are you lucky? There are people with rare diseases. They can't find solution. No? They, are not, they are even better Christians than you. 
Yeah, they are struggling. You, you are okay. You will not focus on the good. You are focused on what is not yet happening in your life. I came to tell somebody that it does not bring glory to God when you focus your energies on things that you have no control over. Focus on the good. Turn to your neighbor and say, focus on the good. Focus on the good. And in life, sometimes these things happen. Where you don't know why something is happening. And yet, when you're not careful, you focus on what people are saying and blame yourself. Do you know what most of the time, we are worried because of what people say. Everybody say, I'm aging. Hello, do they sell men in shops? Do they sell babies in shops? Do they sell good marriage in shops? Stop focusing on people. And what they say, what contribution have they added to your life? Since they started telling you, when are you having a child? When are you getting married? Have they brought you money to marry and you say you marry? What nonsense. People don't like me. Yeah, my dress are three, so I won't go to church. Bros, come to church. You see, if somebody buys you dress, then they can say, What's that? I didn't do. And when they say that, I ask them that when was the last time you bought me a dress? So, woman, we just got married. She's not going hey, hey, I went for naming ceremony. They three. I look at the woman's face. As I said, Madam, don't let anybody buy pressure for you. Because since you started your life, have they brought you money to take care of yourself? Why are they not telling you to add another child? Do they know your pocket? Am I communicating? We need to, listen to me, we need to not allow anything to get. In partnering with God, there are some things God will not do for you. He expects you to do for yourself. So he tells us in Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 to 7 that be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. He says everything when you, you finish praying, be thankful. Let your request be made known unto God. Verse 7. Watch it. He says when you are thankful. He says when you do that, when you pray and you are thankful. You see, he didn't say be thankful and pray. He said, when you finish praying, be thankful for what you have. He says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding. It means that it may not make sense to everybody. But God's peace, it cancels all kinds of understanding. What does it mean? It cancels the devil trying to rationalize with you why you should be sad and miserable. It will rush over you. What do we do? You are always worried. I need money I need to pay this bill. Oh. Are you the only person owing? Are you the only person owing? Are you the only person who is not married? Are you the only person on retirement? Are you the only person who, who, who has not given birth? Are you? Are you the only person that they've not increased your salary? My daughter here, my daughter here, God, God was waiting for, for employment for how many years? Nobody was employing you. Four years. Eh? Five years. She, was, she wanted a new employment opportunity. The company was not increasing her salary. She was there everywhere she goes. She would fast and pray. It won't happen. When God got ready to bless her, she told God to increase her salary. God tripled it. And what she wanted as net, God gave it to her. As gross, God gave it to her as net. Her salary was increased three times. Not only that. Then they paid her salary to the dollar. You see, we serve a living God who rules in the affairs of men. So he says, you, it's a battle. And the enemy wants to get to your mind. 
Because when he gets to your mind, he can get to your heart. When he gets to your heart, he will get to your faith. When he gets to your faith, you have no hope for the future. The enemy wants what? Get to your mind. When he gets to your mind, he can get to your heart. When he gets to your heart, he will get to your faith. When he gets to your faith, you have no hope for the future. And when you have no hope for, your, for the future, you live a miserable life. Praise the Lord. So the Bible tells us in Colossians chapter 3 verse 2. He says, set your affection on things above. Not on things on the earth. Set your affection on things above. Not on things on the earth. What does it mean? Focus on the possibilities of God. Not your natural experiences. Focus on the possibilities of God. Not your natural experiences. But most of the time we focus on things that are not real. And when we do that, it moves us out of balance. And so, David says something. He said in Psalm 119 verse 11, Psalm 119 verse 11, David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now everybody look at me. What does it mean? What it means is this. I've hidden your word in my heart that I don't miss the mark. The word sin means to miss the mark. I don't want to sin against you. I don't want to miss the mark that you have set for me, your intent, your purposes, your prophecies. I don't want to miss the mark. Someone say, I won't miss the mark. The enemy's weapons are thoughts. The weapons the enemy uses against all of us, they are what? They are thoughts. Right, is that number one? The enemy will always cause us to question our understanding of the principles of faith. So we have principles by which we live by. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things shall be added unto you. Is a principle of scripture. The Bible says, Seest thou a man diligent in his works? He shall not stand before mere men, he shall stand before kings. It's a principle of life. When I am diligent with the work that is committed into my hands, I'll stand before kings. It's a principle of life. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, if a man's ways pleases the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. How does my way please God? He says, pray for those who despitefully use you. In other words, don't hold grudges against people. If you live by this principle, God has a way of making the people change their mind concerning you. And when they don't change their mind, God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. God says, if they will not change after you have done their right, you will deal with them. So listen, when your husband is misbehaving or your boss is misbehaving, do your work diligently. God will either open a new door for you or let your boss be replaced. I remember there was an organization where there was a guy who was working with somebody. It was an outdoor organization. And, and, and so the boss did not like this guy. But the guy was very diligent. The guy was very forceful with his work. And the boss sacked him. The owner recognized that the productivity of the organization had gone down because the young man was no more there. So he inquired, where is this young man? He said, oh, the boss has sacked him. He called the boss and said, why did you sack him? He gave a flimsy excuse. Then he sacked the boss and brought the boy to replace his boss. You see, you may think your boss is not observing. Or maybe your immediate boss may be very cruel with you. But if you will be faithful as working for the Lord, God has a way of compensating you 
for all the bad experiences you're having. In Christianity, we trust God and he chooses how our life will play out. In Christianity, we do what? We trust God and he chooses how our lives will play out. So the enemy will always cause us to question our understanding of the principle of it. So we ask questions like, is this really what God said? A friend of mine came to tell me. The Bible says holiness without which we, uh, we cannot see God. But a friend of mine came to see me and said, I've seen a revelation in the scriptures. The Bible says, let the breast of the wife of your youth satisfy you continually. And you know, youth, don't marry. So the breast of the wife of your youth is umpra. It's your girlfriend. So I'm beginning to let the breast of the wife of my youth satisfy me. <laughs> I shook my head. I said, that is not scripture. You are, you are twisting the scripture to fit you. Then he said, but the scripture says that water is drawn in, in secret are sweeter. <laughs> Number two, the enemy will always cause us to question our understanding of the process of faith. The scripture says, the path of the just is as a shining light that shines brighter and brighter to a perfect morning. The path of the just is as a shining light that shines brighter and brighter to a perfect one. So there's a process of faith. We move from one level of glory onto the other. The Bible says, for hearing, for daring is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. So there's a process of faith. Once has God spoken, twice have I heard that all power belongs to God. There is a process of faith. When you begin your Christian life, Paul said that, that, that there is the milk of God's word. So when I came to you, I could not preach to you the meat. But I gave you milk because you are babies in Christ. So there are some things you will not be able to lift as a newborn believer. But as you build your Christian life, you move from one level of glory to that. There is a process of your faith to walk with God. It's a walk. The scripture says that, Cast not your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. The Bible says, For you have need of patience. That after you have done the will of God, you will obtain the promise. That is a process of faith. That I don't lose my confidence in God. Because there is a reward for me if I hold on. It's a process of faith. And the enemy would want you to question it. So, so like, you, 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 you give your fight one month. Two months, three months. You are not seeing a change in your life. The tight cry doesn't work. My children's school fees are there. Let me pay for it. My days is there. You know, this tight thing, I don't believe in. Can I talk to somebody in this church? Tight. In the New Testament, is not compulsory. Tight is a principle of faith. What it means is that, now that you have become a follower of Christ, and you are the seed of Abraham, the Bible says we should look to the rock from whence we were hewn. We should look to Abraham our father. The Bible says, for I called him alone and I did lead him and increased him. So we look to Abraham and Abraham was a titan. Put that scripture there quickly. He said, look to Abraham your father. For I called him alone. So I looked to Abraham and because he was a titan, by faith I also become a titan. So I release my faith to trust God. 
that as God honored Abraham when he honored him as tithe. So in the New Testament, tithe is an, really, even before the New Testament, tithe was an act of honor and worship. God did not tell Jacob to give me a vow. He says, if you be with me on this journey that I go, and I come back to my father's house, he says that of all that you give me, I'll give you a tent. God did not force him. Are you getting me? So when you also release your faith, that's why in the New Testament, you can even give beyond 10%. By an act of faith. Praise, praise the Lord. Based on the principle of faith. So somebody will calculate the thing and put... One of my friends, you calculate and put the point. Quince in a goose in a crow, bet trot plus quince, you know. Because the enemy will let you question. Maybe, maybe you left the quince on it. Maybe you left the five cities on it. It's a principle. Someone say principle. Amen. The enemy will let you question the process of faith. Number three, the enemy will always cause us. To question our understanding of the people of faith. So we ask questions like, did they tell me the truth about faith? You see that my daughter that I told you that she's gotten that promo, uh, that new job. And it's even a, a better position. But promotion in the rank, promotion in money, access and privileges that comes with it. When I met this daughter of mine, she came to church and I preached on giving, I think. He said, Pastor. The kind of giving we have given in the past that we have not seen anything. Sometimes it makes when you people ask us for giving, we, we think about it. So I said to her, in the kingdom of God, the Bible says, sow a seven and then an eight. For you do not know which of them will yield the results. God says, well, sow a seven and then an eight. It means that you keep doing your part. God is committed to doing his part. He may not be year one. It may not be year two. It may not be year three. It may not be year four. It may not. It may not be year five. But when I get ready to do what is required of me to do for you, I will compensate for the years you waited for me to visit you. Yeah. So you hear stories of somebody who has been waiting for God to give them a child for many, many years. And after many, many years, God gives them twins, triplets, quadruplets. And you are wondering, God, why? I heard of a woman who had been waiting for God for many, many years. I think 20 years, God gave her five children at a time. Now the woman is crying. There's a guy who and his wife, they waited for a child for four years. Then the wife now gave birth to twins. So they wanted one more. The wife got, they, they prayed again. The wife got pregnant again. That they are, oh God, please just, just help us again. One more. The wife gave birth to triplet. Now when the man is sitting there, he's talking. Ah, am I going to be a father of five children now? Ah, this is because God has a way. Listen to me. God has a way. Four. The enemy will always cause us to question our understanding of the person of faith. So when somebody shares his testimony, you ask the question, is this really the way God operates or they twisted the scriptures to their favor? No, they did not twist. But the enemy will let you question it. I'm always giving testimonies of what God has done for me within the week. Church offering. You know how much offering you give, don't you? This week. I exercised my faith. I didn't have money. But I don't tell anybody I don't have money. Then I called a member 
who needed some money, and I gave the person some money. Said, de, 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 de. I wrote with more zeros and said, go. And I wrote it. What I gave to the person, I got four times within the week. I but when we share the testimonies, listen, leave the scriptures. Do what? Leave the scriptures. Focus your attention only on the things that are good. The things that make you sorrowful, disconnect yourself from it because that's not God's will for you. That's why I quoted the scripture. You have to prove that this is good. This is acceptable. This is not acceptable. This is, cannot be God. And so, and so the enemy will let you question the person of faith. Somebody have exercised their faith. It's not true. It's true. So having helped those who help themselves, so me too, I need to go and get some sugar daddy somewhere, you know. Somebody asked me a question this week. He asked me that, so if you go and steal money, and you use it to push the gospel, is it good? I told the person that there's a scripture in the Bible that says, I hate robbery for burnt offering. God, he means what he says and says what. He said, but you use it for souls and to help the poor. I said, God said, please put it on the screen, I hate robbery for burnt offering. The enemy will always cause us to question our understanding of the power of faith. So we ask questions like, does faith have the power to accomplish things like this? Yes. Who shall ascend unto the mountain of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? Let him that has clean hands. When your hands are clean, at the beginning you look like you are marking time. When I was in ICGC, I said faithfully, I won't do connection. People will go for, oh, our, the church will give loans for without interest. So people go and they, they will say family emergency and this and take the money and go and buy a car. I said, that money is my church offering. I gave it to God. Am I going to now lie to take God's money to go and buy a car? In the name of my family member is dying. God forbid. Then after that, can I share it as a testimony? I would not do that. My friend B told me, also, go and tell pastor that this is your, I mean, you are struggling to get a car. I said, sir, if God will not give me a car, may I not get a car? If God will not bless me, I will not go and lie that my family member is sick or have a family emergency. He said, oh, they can say family emergency. Emergency. said, having a car too is an emergency. And I'm soon men car. If God wants to give me a car, he will give me a car. I won't lie about it. I was just sowing, sowing and sowing. One day I was there. A man had prayed for once. A Nigerian. He said he was doing his morning devotion in his house. And whilst he was doing the devotion, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, go and buy Pastor Daniel a car. So he said he got up and started walking on the sprinter's road, going to get me a second-hand car. Then he said his words, not mine. God rebuked me and said, I didn't tell you he needed a second-hand car. He deserves a brand new car. Do you think if I had gone to lie to my pastor, I could have afforded a brand new car? So he buys, he, he says, maybe it's, it's from the devil. I'm going to speak to my wife. If my wife says I should buy a second-hand car, they will buy. Then it is God. If he says brand new, he went and said, Honey, God is telling me to buy Pastor Daniel a car, so let's go and buy a second-hand car. I said, No, no, no. Pastor Daniel doesn't deserve a second-hand car. He deserves a brand new car. So they bought me a brand new tear rubber car. Hello. They bought me what? So I came to church and I gave a testimony. A woman said, When I shared the testimony in my office, a colleague of mine said, now you, you do, do, do you have money to buy for in the car? At the time, my salary was 480 or something. I don't, don't even remember, but it was around some small amount. I came to the church, I shared the testimony. A woman said, God told me to buy your fuel for you every month. Hey. 
Another person says, I work at Thor. Every week, Monday, come, let me fill your tank. I never even went to the Thor. It was too much for me. Hear me. When God decides to bless you, you don't have to scheme for it. Write it down. I think this one, you have to treat it. When God decides to bless you, you don't have to scheme for it. These thoughts will cause you to question your positioning in faith. Your word. Positioning in faith. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I am a child of God. God loves me. That's it. He says he will give kings for my sake. That's it. God loves me. God preserves me. And nothing else can change my mind about it. When you question your positioning in faith, see, it will cause you to doubt, doubt, and, 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 and cancel your promises by your own mouth. God has given us so many promises. In fact, there are 7,000 promises in the Bible. But when you doubt who you are in Christ, when you doubt God's ability that is extended towards you, you will cancel your own promise with your mouth, with your own belief. Because forgiveness is a gift you give to yourself. It's not for your husband, no. Or your embeleze, if you do your neza. No, 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 no. How's the fashion? God's word says forgive. God's word says submit. Why submit to your husbands? He said, husbands, love your wife. He didn't say when your wife does right. You say your wife there, you can't love her. God didn't say when she's doing all the right things. He says your responsibility is to love your wife. Your responsibility is to submit. He didn't say when everything is working for your husband. He says submit. He says children, honor your father and mother. Whether they are witches or not is inconsequential. He says honor them. This is how we live the faith life. I have faith in God because I know when I do my part, faithful is he that has promised. The same will do it. So he says, let the weak say I am strong. I won't say I'm weak. But I don't have money, I don't say it. Anytime you hear me say, oh, I don't have money, my brother, at least, who puts you off, I say, come on, 10,000, my bum, who too? Do you understand? What say? I tell so, let me use it. That's what somebody said. He said when he's left with 10,000 Ghana, Opusio means that the man is a very rich, rich man. So he was telling somebody that Opusio's uh, uh, nephew, when I'm left with 10,000, I kill myself. You know what? I have too much money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Come on, 10,000. The day I don't have money, I would never use my mouth to say I don't have money. Come here, Kate Reba. No, 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 no. When I don't have, I'll tell you that, oh, I'm expectant. Because let the weak say, I am. Let the poor say, did he say, let the poor say, I don't have money? So you live by the principles of the scriptures. And you align your confession with what God has said. And when you do that, God is bound by his word to confirm the words coming out of your mouth because it aligns with scripture. You see, as a believer, there will always be faith-shaking moments. There will be moments you would doubt your faith, your, your faith. You would doubt whether the word of God is true. There will be moments where, where you feel like giving up. It is normal for everybody to go through faith-shaking moments. But write this thing down. You need to understand the following. Faith-shaking events do not close the door to future opportunities. That the fact that I'm going through difficulties, that the fact that 
I'm going through challenges, it does not close the door to future opportunities. So you may miss out today, but it doesn't mean every other door is closed. Praise the Lord. Number two. Faith shaking moments do not cancel the ultimate plan of God for your life. So God has a plan. You may backslide, but God will never give up on you until you give up on your own self. God never gives up on us until we give up on our own self. I pray you will not give up on yourself. Faith shaking moment. It, it, it does not cancel the ultimate plan of God. So when you backslide, it says you should not live in your sin. You see, no matter how many times you've sinned, God says, as long as you regret and you come back to me, I'll forgive you. But don't stay in the sin. I don't condemn you. I don't condemn you. Have an ultimate plan for your life. And, and if you would trust me, the plan may not be based on your timing and how things must be. By this time, I should be married. By this time, I should have a child. At this age, I must do this. I've done this. God, I've not done. I've sowed the seed. It has not happened. I've done this. I've sowed. I've sowed. I've sowed. I'm not seeing anything. I've committed to serving God and advancing his kingdom. I'm not seeing anything. God said, I have an ultimate plan. And I know what I'm doing. He took her seven. Now she's praying. I remember one day I was walking with her and said, Sister, what about you? I said, Sister, but yet he took how many? Seven. The ultimate plan of God was that she would have beautiful girls. But the beautiful girls, if they had come earlier, maybe she did not have the capacity to manage them. Or it would have affected her love for the husband or the bond of fellowship that God wanted them to build. But in the ultimate plan of God, they were supposed to have and the firstborn. No! The intelligence one season has come. And they are in it. Number three. Faith checking moments do not compromise personal worth and value. That you are going through difficulties does not mean God doesn't love you. It does not mean God doesn't value you. It does not mean God doesn't have good intentions for your life. That you go through faith. Don't let it get to you and you are like, what is life? What is, the, what is life worth? I should just kill myself because I tried it three times. You go through faith checking moments and like this life, what am I doing? Once be in fact it's four for one cross. Once be I was in the pulpit, I was just looking at the church, the church is not growing. I put in everything I can. The church is not growing. The members are not inviting anybody. I'm wondering, is it even worth living? I said, I just want to die. I just want to die. It does not cancel your personal worth. The Bible says, except a grain of wheat falls down and dies, it abides alone. You are not dead yet. You are too alive. I told one of my sons. We're talking about his marriage issue. We're, we're talking. We're talking. I look at him and I say, you are too alive to be married. Though. I said, this is not an issue. You are too alive. <laughs> he said, Pastor, this one is, is low blow. I said, you are too alive. You must die. The Bible says, except a grain of wheat falls down and dies. If you don't die, everything will get to you. Have you seen a dead person saying Ajish before? Hello? Somebody say, I have to die. Number four. Faith-shaking moments do not cause God to disown you or forsake you. That the fact that your faith, you're going through challenges and you've given up on God, doesn't mean God has given up on you. So he wants you back. God, why have you forsaken me? He never forsakes us. God, if you've not forsaken me, why, why did I lose my child? No, you're asking the wrong question. God, when I, are, you, are you giving me my compensation? One of the young friends of, of mine She's now in America. She and the husband. 
got married, young couple. I think after two years, she miscarried. She miscarried. She miscarried though. Then the father was sick. The father was a pastor. Then the father died. When the father died, I went to visit the lady. Then he said, Pastor, we prayed. Look at my father. He went to he went to a prayer camp. When he came back home, he was dead. I said to her, sister, your father is dead. But it's a negotiation time. It's the greatest opportunity for you to negotiate. I said, go into the room. And when you get into the room, this is what I said. I said, go into the room. And when you get into the room, say to God, God, you did not tell me you are going to take away my father. But the Bible says you take the first, that you establish the second. Papa, you have taken away my father. Compensate me with a child. She has three now. How many? This is how, when you lose something, that's not why you go and cry. You go to God and say, God, I will not cry for the devil to think he's winning. I will praise you because I know you can do. Then at that point, negotiate for what you want. So what do I do when the enemy bombards me with thoughts, dreams, visions? And, and, and I don't know what, what do I do? Take, write it down. You take authority over your thoughts. What do you do? You take authority over your thoughts. Who be catching our dreams? Say, hey, intimate means I dream fool. Say, God, you have to take authority over your thoughts because you are fully persuaded that God is faithful and can be trusted. You see, that's why I love this song. Jesus loves me, as I know, for the Bible tells me so. You have to tell yourself, Jesus loves me. Mama, I always say, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. There's no ambiguity in this matter. He loves me. I don't know about you, but I'm God's favorite. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you may be jealous, but, but, but I'm God's favorite. Oh, turn to another person and say, neighbor, listen, don't, don't pretend to be spiritual. God loves me more. Oh, turn to somebody and say, say neighbor. Guess what? God loves me more. I am his favorite. It might not yet have been expressed in the natural, but I'm God's favorite. And the best is yet to come. When we say amplify, what we are saying is amplify the good. Amplify the things that are lovely. Amplify the faithfulness of God. Keep telling yourself the promises of God. Believing that God is faithful and he can be trusted to honor his word in your life. That is what we mean by the theme for this year, Amplify. God is faithful. See, this is the best year of my life. It's better than last year. This year, oh, the best year. I don't, I, don't, I don't have to see everything. But I know that God will give me. The Bible says God will not withhold any good thing from them that work upright. God will. He will not. One more time. Can we, can we all say it? God will not withhold any good thing from them that work upright. But what do we always do? We are always worried about what people are saying. You're worried about what has not yet happened. Forgetting about what will happen. Look at the scripture. For the Lord God is a son and a shield. The Lord bestows grace and favor and honor. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk upright. He means that just do your part and allow God to do his part. Have I been a blessing to somebody in this place? And so in all that you do, 
Be intentional about the thing you focus your attention on. In all you do, let me give you one last scripture because you people are special. Luke chapter 10, verse 19, amplified version. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. They're very special. Ah. Listen carefully. I have given you authority that you now possess to tread on serpents and scorpions and the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy, Satan. And nothing will in any way harm you. So I exercise authority by choosing what I focus my attention on. You know, Ghanaians like songs. Why? Then you are singing. You only sing complaining songs. The songs we call worship, they are complaining songs. We, in English, we call it lamentations. Complaining song. It's not worship. You are complaining. You are there. We sing song. We sing song. No. In the New Testament, we live by faith and not by sight. Close your eyes. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, talk to God. I don't know what you heard from all that I've shared, but you want to pray. God, I want to be a Christian. Because the devil have designed to 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 you the, the devil have designed their plan to exploit the moment your the moment of your faith shaking moment and to accuse you and to cause you to doubt yourself and the love of god for you so he can talk you out of your faith he can talk you out you want to pray and say god i want to be a christian i want to dwell in your presence i want to feast at your table i want to be surrounded by your glory for in your presence that's where I want to be. Just pray. God, help me to be a good Christian. Help me to be a blessing to my fellow neighbor. Help me to add value to somebody's life. I may not have all together, but I will trust you one day at a time. i like everybody to pray right now. I want to live by your principles. When I ask you for stuff and you don't do it, I trust that you understand. I trust your integrity. I trust your intentions. Your good intentions concerning my life. I trust it. I may not have everything. I may may question some things, but I trust you. I will not lose hope in you. I will not give up my faith in you. The psalmist says, my faith has found a resting place. He says, not in devices, nor in creed. He says, I dare not trust in any sweet, let's pray, but wholly believe on Jesus' name. He says, on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. Wherever you are lucky to pray, God help me. Help me to be a Christian. Help me to trust you. Help me to believe. Help me to hope in the Lord. I bless your name. I give you all the glory in Jesus' name.